The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Well, welcome in to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick. And if you're thinking another tape show because Bruce is recovering at home from a medical situation, you are wrong. We are live. It is a sunny October Friday, and I'm thrilled to be sitting across from Josh, my really good friend, here in my uh, basement country studio. And we're going to do what we typically do every Friday. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to hopefully help you guys understand financial situations and help you as you work toward building a financially independent retirement. So Josh, great to see you. And thanks for everything that you've done on my behalf since this little incident came up. Well, it's good to be back. You know, not that uh, we definitely appreciate uh, Aaron and his filling in, but um, I'm happy to see you up and as sharp as ever and, and, and back in the game. Yeah, it's great. And I thank you, Aaron, for sitting in. And uh, that's a tough uh, role to get to jump into a show where it can be at times as complex and confusing as financial situations can be. But as we talk today and uh, look at what we typically start with, which is current events, we have the U.S. jobs report today, which is a jobs report for September. And it's kind of funny. You know, you would think more jobs, the better. They got a lot more jobs than they anticipated. They anticipated 170,000. They got more than twice that, 336,000. Then the conversation starts about it's good for this, it's bad for this, and all this. So take us through the scenarios because a lot of this conversation concentrates around bonds and treasuries and expected federal interest rate hikes. Yeah, I think we've got to step back a little bit as we try and rationalize a seemingly irrational uh, situation. We, you know, we had hyperinflation, so the Fed starts raising interest rates, and that has an impact on jobs. We're still maybe suffering a little bit from the COVID hangover. Last year was a terrible year, so here we are plugging into this year. The economy starts taking off, but at the same time, it's taking off almost in spite of the rate hikes. So the the purpose of the rate hikes is trying to cool the economy a little bit. Yeah. And you remember, if we rewind the clock back to you know about a year ago, we said, well, well, the Fed's trying to bring it in for a soft landing, and hopefully we did that. However, here we are, and we're kind of juxtaposed between these two things where we're saying, well, that's good news. Jobs are taking off. But if jobs are taking off, that actually means the economy is doing really well, which we're trying to slow the economy. So does that mean that there's going to be another Fed rate hike right around the corner? And, you know, the chairman said in the last meeting that while he doesn't believe they're going to do another rate hike this year, all eyes are on 2024. And he said there probably will be at least one, maybe more rate hikes in 2024. So I think as all eyes are looking at that, the huge concern now is, what is 2024 going to be? Is this a false rally? Yeah. And then in 2024, we finally, we're just circling the drain and we're going to go down. And at which point you're seeing a lot of institutions selling off their positions in the stock market, which is why September was a terrible, terrible month. I mean, the S&P was down over 5% just in September. Wow. And now we're looking at inverted yield curves and everything that goes along with it. And all arrows seem to be pointing towards 
some tumultuous times. He's Josh Pick. I'm Bruce Hooley. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show, and you can get with Aptus for a free consultation, no obligation. 614-917-1040 is their number. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. It's not far from 23 and 270. You can contact their office online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And again, their phone number is 614-917-1040. You know, this process that the Fed has been engaged in to try to get the inflation under control. I think everybody's been in a situation where maybe you're uh, in a shower or you're taking, you know, something and you're trying to adjust hot to cold or cold to hot. You're trying to get it in the Goldilocks zone. You're trying to get it just right. And you you do it a little too hot. So you dial it back You do it a little too cold. You dial it up. And that's kind of what it feels like to me with Jerome Powell and the Fed chasing here on rates is that they're trying not to do it like jerk it down, you know, too much or jerk it up too much, but whatever they're, whatever they've done and they work off past performance predicted by those same sort of actions, they haven't been able to, they haven't damaged it. They haven't wrecked the plane, but they haven't gotten it quite on the runway the way they want to get it on the runway to say, okay, now we can take our hands off the rudder. Yeah. And I think the question using your metaphor, I think the question is, has the policies that have been enacted through the COVID years mm-hmm. and, and pumping all of this kind of funny money into the economy, is the temperature gauge only cold to a little less cold uh, rather than cold to hot? And the Fed is trying to do what it can through monetary policy to, to add stabilization to that. But there are ways that the train can just get off the tracks. Um, and I think that's ultimately the fear. You know, the questions or the conversations that I have with clients in the office is, okay, I'm terrified mm. of what's next. I'm hearing again, which sounds very akin to 2008, 2009, 2001, 2002. I'm hearing that fear meter go through the roof. And then I'm starting to hear things like, well, you can't use old methods because we're in a new economy, which happens before every bust that ever occurs. People start saying, well, this is, you know, the new math. Yeah. We have to have different <laughs> concerns or, you know, I'm starting to hear those 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 conversations creep up about, well, I want to move my money all to cash. However, is cash going to be safe? Is the U.S. dollar safe? And we're starting to go down that kind of rabbit hole of doom that we have to be careful about. Now, for all those years of concerns, and I'm not suggesting that they're not valid, sometimes the monster under the bed is more dangerous than the monster in front of you. And that's really what we're facing right now. So how do you address that? Well, we got to start putting some protections in place and playing the hand that we're dealt to a level that you're comfortable with that doesn't take your train off the tracks on whatever goal you're trying to reach. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what they specialize in at Aptis is not just building your wealth, but then after they've invested it and after they built that wealth, it is, you know, protecting it to the degree that it can be protected. And there are many ways to protect it and to offset damage that can occur if you just let it ride, don't pay attention, things like that. That's the benefit of having a fiduciary like Josh, 614-917-1040. If you have somebody like that who is legally obligated to do what is best for you, then they are on the case, not just every week, every day. They're watching the trends, they're watching all these things, and they're they're proactive instead of reactive. And uh, true confession, you know, Josh and I uh, are are in business. He has my money. He manages my money. He manages my money because for two years he never asked to manage my money, and he impressed me with his knowledge, and he impressed me with the fact that he wasn't begging for my money, but I was like, I'm nervous about what's going to happen to my money. I want somebody on it, and he didn't ask me to issue that testimonial, but that is absolutely how I became a client, and my wife and I are very happy with him, and I would just 
uh, urge you that it is well worth your time to sit for that free consultation by calling them at 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. And we've joked before about the inverted yield curve. You know, it's a thing that keeps coming up on the show. And the thing about the inverted yield curve is when the system is working, I'll say conventionally, not right, the longer someone has your money, the more they pay you to have it, the higher interest rate you get. We're in a situation where the shorter people have your money, the higher you're getting. And that, you know, why would somebody says, well, why is that bad, Josh? Explain it to him. Well, I think, you know, if you look at an economy, what is a, you know, there's an old metaphor that said that the, the trees that the next generation will derive shade from is because of what we planted today, mm-hmm. right? Well, similarly, when it comes to money, we want to have delayed gratification for a strong economy. So we want people to forego the edification of going and buying fancy stuff because they know that in the future they can put themselves in a better situation. Well, with an inverted yield curve, it's the exact opposite. If I give a bank my money today, I might be able to get 5 or 5.5% a CD for three months. If I say, well, I'd really like to tie this money up for five years, Mr. Bank, so you can have it longer, I'm willing to do that as long as you pay me a higher interest rate, and you'll get a number back like 4 or 4.5%. Four So there's really no incentive for the investor to put their money or tie their money up for a long period of time. Well, what does that do? What puts banks in a difficult spot because they don't know how long money is going to remain at their bank so that they can turn around and loan that money out. So banks are stingier with their loans, which companies need loans. People need loans to buy houses, develop businesses, et cetera. So you never want that kind of hand-to-mouth economy. And furthermore, if you're planning your retirement, you know, everybody's saying, I'm terrified of the market. I want to get out of the market and I can get 5% and fix. So why the heck would I play in the market? Well, how long are you going to be able to receive 5% and fixed? You might only have that for three months, six months. That's the two-year treasury right now is 5.06. And that sounds like great. But if you're in a situation where you don't want to get handed a worse situation in two years because you're, let's say, 61 years old, that's why you need to have the thing work conventionally so your gains, I would think, are more easily to predict. Yeah, I think I've told this story before, but this is a real scenario. When I first started in the business, I, I had a client come in who was you know, still holding on to bonds from back in the late 80s. And if you can imagine what they were paying, she had $300,000. I think her bonds were paying like 14 or 15%. And she was living a pretty good retirement. Think about early 2000s. Mm-hmm. You're living on 50 grand a year off of 13 grand or 300,000. Well, she comes in in the early 2000s and now bond rates still better than they are today or about comparable. Her income was going to get cut in a third. Wow. And now that's after 20 years of inflationary time. So, you have to be able to to juggle that and come up with a plan that's lasting, not just temporarily gratifying. Yep. Aptus specializes in that. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Easy to find. 614-917-1040 is their number. 614-917-1040. The web address is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So today the headline is the jobs report. More than twice as many jobs. The August jobs report was also, as they say, hotter than expected. And I did some digging on what is considered a job in a job report. And I found out that this is not like a number of all the new jobs. That was the first thing I thought. It was like a number of all the new jobs. It's actually a survey. It takes farmers out. It uh, basically estimates the number of people on payrolls, the number of hours they work, 
their average hourly earnings. It averages out to about a third of all payroll workers that they're surveying. And, you know, what is that indicative of? I don't know. But what this jobs report has led to is that bonds become unattractive and treasuries become attractive. So I think maybe it might be helpful for you to explain, Josh, what's the difference between a bond and what's the, and what's a treasury? Yeah, so a treasury is issued by the United States government. Uh, all bonds, whether they're treasuries or bonds, or you'll hear things like junk bonds, which is a terrible name for anything, but <laughs> nevertheless, they're there and they have their place, are essentially IOUs. So it's a government, a company, a municipality issuing an IOU. So all bonds work in the same fashion. I will give you $100,000 if you, in exchange for that, Mr. Government, Mr. Bank, Mr. Treasury, Mr. Whoever it is, pay me back. 5% a year, and at the end of a set period of time, you give me my money back with a balloon payment. Now, treasuries are considered to be the safest of all bonds because, well, the government can always just print money to pay off the bonds, right? And on top of that, they're rated. So if you rewind the clock back to back in 2008, 2009, you might remember that the U.S. Treasury bonds were actually downgraded because of the economy. Yes. But they are considered the AAA of all you know bonds. Companies, on the other hand, uh, have a little bit more risk attached to them because it's based upon the company's ability to pay back. So they will be rated. So companies like Coca-Cola and Home Depot and Costco will have very highly rated bonds. Consider them like the, you know, the A students in school. And then as you go down the chain, you'll start to get B, you know, lower grade bonds. Those are typically called junk bonds. And you can imagine, Bruce, that the lower you are on the totem pole, the higher the interest you have to pay. Because if I can get 5% of a treasury... Why would I get 4% out of Coca-Cola? Of course. Right? Well, in times like these, when you're starting to see this uncertainty in the market and the treasury keeps on climbing, that risk premium starts to get unattractive. Why would I loan my money to this company who I'm not sure is going to be on good, strong financial legs with what I'm seeing through my mm -hmm. vision in the in the world? I would rather just lean back into something that I know is safe, like the U.S. Treasury. Josh Pick, Bruce Hooley with you, Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm going to illustrate in a second just how complex this can be. And the reason I'm doing that is to underscore the necessity of having someone who is on top of these kinds of situations. Look, you've worked your whole life or you're working toward a point where you will have been working for much of your life and you've accumulated assets. Now, that's great. Saving is great. Investing is how you build wealth. You can't just save it and get a meager return. You need to be maximizing your return. And that is what they specialize in at Aptus, what a fiduciary who's legally obligated to do what is best for you is charged with doing, acting on the best interests of you as the client. The communication is key, but the understanding of this complexity is also key. And that's what they offer to you at Aptus Wealth Management. Sign up online for your free no-obligation consultation. Their web address is Aptus Wealth, and that's spelled A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So here I'm going to illustrate how, to me, odd this is. We have a jobs report that is twice as big, as robust as they anticipated. My logical conclusion from that would be... Well, if we have twice as many jobs as we expected, then our unemployment rate must have gone down. Actually, in September, our unemployment rate went up. Not huge, but it went up three-tenths of 1%, so 0 0.0003. But it is a mystery to me, and I'm just because of my own lack of understanding, that the unemployment rate in the country can go up 
while we have more than twice as many new jobs as we anticipated. Yeah, boy, it's a, it's a sliding scale chart of uh, immense proportions, isn't it? Yeah. And, and to even add further to that, you could have, well, the jobs report went up. So that would mean that the economy should be doing better. But in turn, during the same month where we added 300,000 jobs, the S&P 500 had its worst month. Mm. It doesn't add up, does it? And some of these are trailing, and some of them are kind of leading indicators. And that sounds like gobbledygook, but for example, um, you know, you kind of got to do something before you can report upon it, so it's a lagging indicator. And sometimes, and this is the Fed's problem, sometimes you can get behind, right? So you're kind of making adjustments after they've already occurred, which can be a risky proposition. So they're now tasked with what do we think is going to happen and how should we react with what we think is going to happen based upon what already happened. And I think as humans, what we try and do, and I'm tasked with doing this, obviously, as an investor, is trying to add some semblance of logic to a very illogical situation. And how do you do that? Well, one, I don't care what the emotions do of the stock market as a whole, because you have individual companies that comprise the stock market. I think sometimes we lose that, where Coca-Cola is a real entity that's manufacturing real things that people are buying all the time. Yep. That doesn't necessarily mean that its stock price is going to be directly representative of how profitable it is every single day. But it does mean that over the long haul, there's no way of outrunning that reality. And, you know, when we think of the stock market as a whole, it is a weird, fickle beast that reacts very irrationally all the time. So how do we focus on that? Well, we make sure that we have enough money set aside to weather the storms so that we can let the companies that we buy do what we need them to do. But you had said something just earlier. There's a difference between saving and investing. What is investing? Let's define that. Investing is growing some asset. doesn't have to be money. Growing some asset that in some future date or along the way will provide income, solidarity, and accomplish a goal. And I don't think sometimes we view it that way. Money has to have purpose. If it doesn't have purpose, you're just trying to Look at your bank statement every morning and go, look, I have more money, but okay, for what? Yeah. I mean, I'm not suggesting that if you have $100 million, that's not a good thing. Cause it's well, Sam Bankman-Fried had billions of dollars, and he's not in such a great shape right now. <laughs> so, you know, you do have to have purpose to it. And I think that that is really what I think builds the discipline in for people to invest, is to have a goal for what they're building toward. Yeah, I think sometimes we're just blindly going out for a run with our money. We're just... Well, imagine if you if you left the house today, and you said, I'm going to go for a jog. Well, how far are you going? I don't know. Where are you running? I don't know. When are you going to come back? I don't know. You're probably going to have a lot of doubt along the way, right? There's And if you've ever done this, by the way, and I have done this, where you just go run a race and nobody tells you what the distance is, it's brutal. They Ooh. do it in the military all Ooh. the time because they want to see how, what kind of a... How you react to something very difficult and aimless. And you have, it's just, it's just discipline. Yeah. It's just blind discipline. I'm just going to do it because I'm not going to quit. Well, not a lot of people are wired that way, which is why military special forces is a small fragment of the overall military. Well, similarly here, you have to add purpose to your money so that you know, if I do these things five years from now, I can predictably determine that I'll be able to retire the way that I want, or I'll be able to afford that house or that car or whatever it might be. And you talk about predictability, which is a way of saying something that I know you guys really spend a lot of time on, which is minimizing risk or at least not being caught off guard by risk. You mentioned the stock market. People have this perception 
that the stock market is volatile, and it can be volatile. But within the stock market, there have been sectors over the years that are more predictable, more reliable. One of those is the utility sector. I'm looking at a story today that says the utility sector is down 24% to date. That has usually been pretty stable. A utility, not everybody can like supply electricity to your home. They have to get their rates approved by the government. They pretty much know like how much power they're going to be selling or water they're going to be selling or whatever. Uh, companies fail or rise because of unexpected income or shortage of income. That shouldn't happen to utilities. Can you give me an explanation as to why like utilities, which have been a reliable sector in the stock market, might be down or maybe just address what that says about the market itself in this time. Yeah, you know, people will start to lean into different sectors during different times, and they will create almost artificial mini bubbles. So, for example, if you look at last year, um, if you know the market was down roughly 20%, the S&P 500, but there's 11 sectors in the S&P 500, and the energy sector was up approximately 60%, while simultaneously the telecommunications sector was down 40%. So there's this 100% difference between one and the other, which is remarkable. It's the biggest spread in history, I believe. Well, similarly, if you're looking at the market and saying, well, there's a lot of fear out there, I'm just going to put all my money in telecommunications, or I'm going to put all my money in energy. Well, demand boosts the price up. Sure. Artificially, whether it's justified or not. Then at some point in the future, people go, well, I had a heck of a run out of this energy stock or this utility stock. I'm going to get out of here while the getting's good. I'm not going to sit at the blackjack table too long. I'm going to leave. Well, then what happens? Demand goes down. And even though the companies didn't change at all, the momentum of that sector was changed dramatically. Now, you had mentioned earlier that there's ways to kind of curtail that risk. And there are. You can hedge your bets quite a bit if you know what you're doing. We uh, are talking with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. The uh, firm is located in Lewis Center. It's not far from 23 and 270. You can set up a free consultation for you, your spouse, or yourself solo. It's never too late to get started. Uh, it's certainly worth having that conversation with your own people and your own home, determining whether you're going to be disciplined and follow through on these kinds of things. But Josh will come up with a blueprint as he did for my wife, Sherry, and I. You'll understand the blueprint, and the key then, of course, becomes the discipline of executing the blueprint. So uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe what you're doing on a daily basis to monitor these things, and uh, I know you are doing that. Yeah, I mean, high level, uh, we're always looking at, we develop a plan, and we stay within that risk tolerance of the plan that's applicable to you. So that's not the same for everybody. So for example, I got a call today from somebody who said, Here's what I got. Am I on track? Well, I, I, I wish it was that easy. I've talked to you for four minutes, right? Um, now, I'm not making fun of that person at all. I think they're going to be a great client in the long run. But that's how we like to do things. Hey, I want to get in shape. How do I do it? Well, you just go to the gym. Well, it's a little more con a little more complicated than that. It depends on what your goals are. Hey, I want to eat healthy. What should I do? Well, I better, I better, you know, start doing the right thing. So ultimately, have a plan, have, have a, a plan, plan and execute the plan. So what do we do with investments? We essentially look at it from a high level and take it all the way to the ground level. And I wish I could answer that. Maybe we'll do it in the next segment. Yeah. But I can't answer that in just a minute. But know that we're constantly monitoring and we're constantly altering things to take the best advantage of the situations as they occur. Yeah. The worst financial moment I had in my life was I was in the midst of business travel, intense business travel over a three week period. And I lost track of monitoring my own accounts, and they went 
really south. I had a bunch of margin calls because I just didn't monitor it. That'll never happen to you when you have a fiduciary on the case. Josh and the Aptus team are fiduciaries. They're legally obligated to do what is best for you. They are professionals. They specialize in investing, not just saving. You do the saving. They do the investing. Get with them for your free consultation, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. And when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the strategies that they're employing at Aptus and that they're Uh, more than willing to put in front of you, reach agreement, and execute those strategies on your behalf. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show, 614-917-1040, to make your appointment today. Thanks for joining us on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. And for the next half hour, the back half of the program, we are excited to talk to you about managing your money. What does that mean? That means that at Aptus, where they are fiduciaries, where they are legally obligated to do what is best for you, you come to them and you charge them with the work and the benefits of that work, the financial rewards for that work that you have earned over your life. And you're not just saving it, setting it aside, putting it in a jar. You're allowing them to steward that and invest that and grow that at a rate than you would be able to if you didn't invest it. So that's the relationship. And the great thing about the relationship with Aptus, and I have one with Aptus, is that they are legally obligated to do what is best for you. They're not the only one. That is a fiduciary relationship. It is common in the industry, but it also exists. uh, There are other types of relationships in the industry. I prefer to have someone who's working on my behalf who is legally obligated to do what is best for me. And I would highly recommend that you take advantage of the free no obligation consultation that you can set up with Josh and his team by calling their office and making an appointment, 614-917-1040. They're located in Lewis Center, which is just off Route 750, and they do service clients outside the area, too. That's one of the uh, vestiges of a pandemic where we learn to communicate electronically. But if you'd like to set up an appointment, 614-917-1040, or you can make it online at aptuswealth.com. We talked in segment one about the jobs report, some of the challenges that brings on. Josh, uh, you have a challenging job. You have a lot of responsibility to people. People put their trust in you, and I know you take that very seriously. So simply when people probably come up to you and find out what uh, you do, they probably say that's a lot of responsibility, and what do you do on a daily basis to manage people's money successfully? Yeah, well, on a daily basis, uh, I'm meeting with clients, obviously doing a lot of reviews, a lot of initial appointments, learning a lot about people, a lot about their goals, a lot about what they're trying to accomplish. But ultimately, once those meetings are over, I'm tasked with how do we actually do what we just said we're able to do to you, mm-hmm. do for you. So I'm not alone. I have a team that helps me with that. So I, I don't have to stare at a screen of uh, you know green numbers and red numbers all day. I have other people that do that for me. Um, however, I'm definitely in that quarterback position seat. So um, on a daily basis, beyond just meeting with clients, we're constantly reviewing where do we want to be as far as investments go overall. Now, I just got done saying that everybody has their individual plan and everybody's unique, but at the same time, we're all kind of shades of gray of similar. So we have various portfolios that we utilize, um, and then everybody has maybe a different percentage within those portfolios because, you know, just beyond the stock market, there's annuity contracts and money markets and all these different instruments that we can utilize. But as it relates to the stock market in general, um, our job is determining where do we want to be in the market? Think of sectors. How much do we want to be in large value companies versus large growth companies because of what's happening in the economy? And then beyond that, what are the best money managers to utilize to achieve that? And then we have to take into account taxes and all these other things. This might sound like an overwhelming 
process, but much like I'm sure since here we are sitting across from you uh, and you've dealt with a lot of doctors here as of late, <laughs> um, if they tried to explain their job to me, it would sound like how in the world do you understand all of that stuff? Well, if you've dedicated your whole life to it, it it, it seems a lot smaller of a, of a job. But um, I for, am very fortunate in that the people that help me can dedicate their entire day to doing just those things. Well, I think of this process, uh, if you put it in the terms of maybe building a house, you have uh, a blueprint to build a house. You call it the Aptus Retirement Blueprint. Having sat through the process, having engaged in the process, and now having you represent my wife, Sherry, and I, I know that you presented to us scenarios that could result from certain strategies that you would recommend on our behalf. And you gave us this is the upside of the strategy. This is the risk. This is what the risk can, how the risk can be mitigated. This is how it can be managed. And then those decisions we make, we make them, but we make them based off information that you give us and we evaluate that information dispassionately in terms of what our goals are and what we want to accomplish and what kind of risk that we're comfortable with. But if you think of the blueprint for Aptis extrapolated out to the blueprint for building a house, sometimes you're building a house and, oh, gee, we didn't know that this area of where we're going to build the foundation is sinking a little bit, or we didn't know this problem is going to come up over here, the rafters that we built, the wood was rotten or whatever. So a lot of the blueprint process being executed from a starting point to a successful finishing point is adjusting to adversity and things that occur in the middle of that. So unpack that for us a little bit for clients who would be interested in how vigilant are you to these things that are going on that can come out of not nowhere to you because you're on top of it, but can affect the original blueprint that I'm sure is sound, but market conditions can make things almost require an adjustment in midstream. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, in that scenario, you're reliant. If you're using the blueprint example, you're going to be heavily reliant upon, well, if your carpenter comes across something, he can usually fix it. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have our carpenters and our et cetera, but we're, we're the foreman. We created the blueprint and we're overseeing the entire build of the house. So sometimes we'll see opportunities or things that could really get in the way that it's our job to point out to those people swinging the hammer. So for example, as rates have gone up, exponentially over the last year or so, has that created opportunities? Of course, it's created problems, but also opportunities. So a large part of my last few months has been helping clients take advantage of the significant increase in interest rates. That can be as simple as saying, hey, I know because we've talked that you have $50,000, $100,000 sitting in a savings account that's kind of your emergency fund. How much are you earning on it? Well, I'm, you know, the bank's paying me point nothing or 1.2. <laughs> Well, does 5.24 sound better? Because that's what we can do in a money market in Schwab right now, um, as of today, at least. Yeah. You know, it changes every day. Yeah, rates change every day. So, you know, that's one thing. Uh, another thing that's been very advantageous for folks is, you know, annuity contract rates have been basically the same for the last 10 years or so. Well, now they're three, sometimes four times better than what people had before. So does that mean that we're changing the entire plan? No. We still believe that that is a good fit for your scenario, but why wouldn't we take advantage of a raise in interest rates, et cetera? So, you know, there's always this kind of evolving process going on. We can never make everything perfect, but we can always improve our situation. So I always joke, you know, the best time to do a plan was yesterday. The second mm -hmm. best time is today. Well, similarly, when it comes to investments, yeah, I wish I would have bought Microsoft 20 years ago, but I didn't. Um, so now what should I buy today? And then if I'm wrong, 
how do I adjust it so it doesn't alter my goals? 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptis. They're very easy to get to. They're not far from 23 and 270, just off Route 750 in Lewis Center. 614-917-1040, the obligation to have a cons- consultation doesn't exist. The obligation to act on the consultation doesn't exist. It's an opportunity for you to, in my view, get smarter and understand these concepts more. I think Josh does a great job of explaining them here on the show, and when he joins my show is when I get back on a regular basis at 930 a.m. every Monday but set up your consultation no obligation 614-917-1040 614-917-1040 and I mean there are a lot of sad things that can happen in a person's life I can't think of something that would be um, you know a, a whole lot more sad than someone who has worked who has invested and then is doing it on their own and they miss a signal that you as a professional fiduciary somebody legally obligated to do what's best for them wouldn't miss And they end up not penniless, but certainly compromised. And so one of the things I want to I want to bring up is that we are hearing now a lot. And this is not aimed at anyone or anything, but we have many people who are advocating in this volatile market for precious metals. There are many, 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 it seems to me, gold advertisements out there. We used to be on the gold standard. We're not on the gold standard anymore. Does that make gold more attractive or less attractive that we're no longer what backing our currency by a physical presence of gold in Fort Knox? Yeah, and we haven't done that for a really, really long time. That was you know taken away back during the Nixon administration. So we have not been on the gold standard for quite some time. And you'll hear words like the United States is now a fiat currency, which means that we don't have to back our dollars with any amount of gold saying that our dollars are worth some percentage of gold which is why the Fed is able to print as much money as they really want to print and have as much control over monetary policy as they do. And there's a lot of pundits that believe, uh, myself being one of them, that that wasn't necessarily the best choice and that there's always this possibility because of our manipulation of our currency that we could be taken off of the world currency, mm-hmm. right? And for those of you who don't know, when you transact business in most places around the world, You convert your currency to U.S. dollars before you trade with another country because the U.S. dollar is viewed as a very stable currency. You wouldn't want to trade your currency with a very small nation because I sold my widget for 10 bucks, and by the time I go to turn it back into a dollar, it's only worth 50 cents. I had a friend who went on a mission trip to South America, and uh, we gave him $100 to help on his trip, and he gave me back uh, some kind of a bill that had, like, multiple million number printed on it. For sure. And and you'll (laughs) see sometimes, I've heard this from clients, too, you know, I bought... A bazillion uh, Iraqi dollar, you yeah. know, grands or whatever they're called. And they, they feel like sometimes we have a lack of understanding of what that means. It doesn't mean you have $10 billion. It just means you have 50 cents like everybody else that yeah. owns that amount of money in U.S. dollars. But the point there is if the U.S. dollar is taken away as the world currency, what impact would that have on the U.S. dollar? And there's a whole bunch of forecasts of what that would do. Now, I don't think that we're necessarily subject to that occurring anytime soon, but you're hearing kind of some alliances between China and Russia and India, and maybe they're going to start doing their own little deal over there, and what impact is that going to have on us? And I'm not denying that those are all true, but we'll use that, certain people will use that fear to say the only way to protect the purchasing value of your dollars is to take those dollars and go buy a bunch of gold. And that may be correct, it may be false, but the people who are pitching it don't necessarily have a fiduciary standard. They are, in fact, gold salesmen. And we cannot ignore that fact. That's important to know. Gold is much like a house. If you buy a house today and you turn around and sell it tomorrow, 
there's expenditures in buying and selling that house. Well, gold is the same way. I buy gold today. I pay a certain price. If I want to turn around and sell that piece of gold tomorrow, I do not get as much money for the gold as what I just paid for it because there's a bid and an ask price. Who makes the spread? The people who are telling you that you need to buy gold. So do people who buy and sell gold care what the price of gold is or whether it goes up or goes down? No. They just care that people are selling gold and buying gold. So the bigger the market, the more profit. The bigger the fear, the bigger the spread between what they're paying for it and what they're selling for it because demand goes up. So if I was selling gold for a living, I would want as much fear and as much demand for gold as possible, which is why you see commercials for gold right after the commercial that says buy a bunch of food for your basement in case, you know, total economic collapse hits. I think maybe the question, though, is, is now a good time to buy gold? Perhaps. However, you always have to remember that while you're, while you're investing, or the reason why you're investing, the purpose for your investment is not just to preserve what you got. It's to grow the income you receive off of it. And what income does gold derive? Nothing. Would I be correct in saying that your gold is worth what someone else will pay for it? Absolutely. And your gold is akin to a savings account that's shinier. Your gold is akin to a preservation of capital, not a growth of capital. But sometimes we lose out on that because on one hand, they'll say gold is a great uh, safe haven in this economic collapse. And then right in the same conversation, they'll say, and when that total economics collapse hits, gold will skyrocket and it'll be the only thing worth a bazillion dollars. It's like the Bitcoin argument, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that may or may not be true, but the picture that they paint is one of like the early 1800 settler days where we're all carrying around velvet satchels with little gold coins in our purses. If we have total economic collapse like that, do you really think anybody's going to care about gold? They're going to care about food and safety. So my point is, it is a good safe haven in short periods of time. It is a terrible long-term investment unless you own a company that's selling gold. Josh, pick Bruce Hooley with you. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptus to make your appointment. You can also make it online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So uh, gold is being portrayed, and I mean, look, it's a, it's a, it's an advertisement. It's advertisers are trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you gold. It is being portrayed as a magic bullet. And we're not here to say no. We're just here to enlighten and hopefully help people understand. But it kind of feels to me like because the gold standard has a romance sort of appeal to people because it protected the currency of the of the entire United States of America, we have been able to, the people who advertise gold as the panacea, have been able to sell people on the fact that, well, our government was not smart enough to stay with the gold standard but you, by buying individual gold, by physical gold, by doubloons or whatever, you're sort of protecting yourself with your own individual gold standard. The government won't do it on your behalf as a country, but you can do it for yourself as an individual. Yeah, it's, and it's a viewed as this supreme inflation hedge, when in reality, it is an inflation hedge, but gold isn't just correlated to the U.S. dollar. It's correlated to every currency in the world, right? I mean, gold has a... 
shy of the numismatic value of things like, you know, old gold coins, but just general melt gold just has a world value. What are people, how much electronics is using gold? What's the demand for gold rings? So think about, you know, it, those of you who bought rings in the last 20 years, yeah. you know, I mean, gold is coming back in a fad, but for a while it was platinum. Nobody wanted gold rings. They wanted platinum rings. And now it's kind of coming back to gold. So it all is hinged upon not just currency, not just a hedge against the dollar, but what is the demand for gold overall? And then there's this other kind of ancillary risk, I guess, associated with gold. There are a lot of mines out there that have gold in them. And people are not mining those mines right now because, well, gold isn't at $5,000 an ounce. But the second that it's worth $5,000 an ounce, it makes sense to turn the manufacturing plant back on. Yes, it does. So what's going to happen when that happens? Well, we're going to have more gold in the market. Well, what happens when we have more supply and the same, I mean, then it kind of comes back down. So gold ebbs and flows over time. Now I say all of this, but I'd be a hypocrite not to tell you that have we owned gold in our portfolios in certain times? We have. Are we a long-term holder of gold where we just always have 10% of our money in gold? Absolutely not. So even in this time, I want to just wrap this part of the conversation up, but I want to ask a question that I think people need to know the answer to if they're thinking of this. Is it possible even in this short term to buy physical gold and lose money on it? Or is it just that you'll hold or you'll gain a bit but there are other investment vehicles that you at Aptus would recommend. Is it yeah. possible to lose it in the short term, like even now as everybody's saying buy it? Yeah, it can be very expensive to buy gold. I mean, particularly in today's economy, let's say that gold is two thousand I'm just using random numbers, yeah. but gold's two thousand dollars an ounce, but it's in such high demand that if you sell gold, you only get nineteen hundred an ounce. But if you buy it, you're paying two thousand an ounce. Well, that means for every ounce that you're buying and selling, there's a hundred dollar spread in there. And on top of that, Let's say you want to convert your IRA into a gold IRA, yeah. right? And I've seen this many times sure. coming to the office. We all heard that. The fees associated with just holding the gold inside of your account can be exorbitant. I had a client come in that had a Roth IRA, only had about $15,000 in it. He was being charged hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars every quarter just to hold the account because they were holding his gold coins in a vault somewhere, yep. allegedly. Yeah. And then what happens? Well, he says, I want to get rid of this because I'm paying all these fees. And they say, no problem. We'll get rid of your gold. Well, what price will you give me for it? Well, they get to control the price because they're the ones holding the gold, right? So you're left kind of in this captured uh, position, which can be very disheartening for some. No doubt. 614-917-1040. Speak with Josh. Get your free consultation. You have questions. May not have to do with gold. May have to do with something else. You'll sit down. You'll have a conversation about what you've done to this point when it comes to investing your money. And Josh will, as that process unfolds with no obligation, design the Aptus blueprint that he, in concert with you, deemed to be a sound, solid strategy to help you grow your nest egg so that you arrive at financial independence later on in life. What you do is incredibly complex, incredibly important. There are a lot of things that people may hear, gold, precious metals, convert to IRAs, one of them. There's a term out there that I hear a lot that I don't understand, and the term is shorting. Shorting to me has always kind of felt like you're not gambling, but you're uh, you're going to be rewarded if you're successful at shorting. And you, I'm guessing here, if you are correct about what you expect to happen in the future. Is that what shorting is, or can you give me a little bit of a primer on what shorting is? Yeah, so the general terms in the market are going long on the market or going short on the market. 
And long means you're betting on the market or a stock or an asset of some kind going up. Shorting it means you're betting on it going down. So when you hear, you know, for example, remember the movie The Big Short? Yes, yes. And The Big Short was based upon uh, that particular gentleman betting on the U.S. housing market collapsing. And when it collapsed, he made hundreds of millions of dollars because he bet against what everybody else believed. So you're hearing a lot of hedge fund managers, for example, are shorting the market right now or shorting certain asset classes. Lots are shorting long treasury, for example. Their their belief is that rates on the long treasury are going to drastically drop. So they are simply betting that that occurs. And if it does, there's another person betting the opposite from them. And it's just like you said, it's kind of a gamble. Mm -hmm. Now, that kind of we call it naked shorting, where you're just you don't have your positions covered. Your possibility of loss is essentially everything. You could lose everything. If you if you just go out and buy a bunch of sh- you know short puts and you say, I'm just going to invest a billion dollars in it, and you don't have the asset that you're shorting to kind of collateralize that, you can lose all of your money. But there are reasons why you might want to do those things for a less kind of, let's say, extreme or gambling perspective. For example, there are products currently – out that exist that say if the S&P 500 goes up, I get up to this X percent. Mm-hmm. And if the S&P 500 goes down, I am protected or insulated against this percentage of drop. How are they achieving that? They're achieving that with puts and calls. So they are essentially going long in the market up to a certain amount of your money and then going short up to a certain amount of money so that they're bookending your returns. If that sounds complicated, it is. But know this. There are Plenty of investments right now that exist that look very attractive that would say if the market goes up, you get up to X percentage. And if it goes down, you can quite literally determine how much risk reward you want. So if the market goes up 15, I get 15. If it goes up 20, I only get 15. If it goes down, I'm on the hook for the first five, the next 25 I'm insulated against. Or maybe I don't like that idea. Maybe I'd rather say, I don't even want to lose five if it goes down. Well, then we're only going to give you 11.75 if it goes up but we'll insulate you against the first 20 on the down. Well, that's different. I want to be insulated more. Okay, well, then we'll only give you nine. And you can quite literally book or, or build mm-hmm. what makes the most sense for me. What is palatable for me? Well, and, you know, I'll take you guys behind the curtain a little bit. When Sherry and I sat with Josh and his team, A, I didn't know about that option. And B, as kind of a poor reflection on my creativity financially, I guess, is that you're allowed to put a portion into one that might be higher upside. You're allowed to put a portion into one that's more protected upside. And that's what, Josh, you discuss and get to know with your client, gauging their risk, balancing it against how many more years did you have to work to invest, to supply the assets to grow. That's all part of this no-obligation consultation that you offer at Aptus. Yeah, I think you know my job is, is education. And unfortunately for the bulk of us, we we have a pretty good general understanding of at least the terms. We know there's stocks. We know there's bonds. We know that bonds are a little less risky than stocks. We know that stocks can, quote, unquote, I can lose all my money, which isn't necessarily true if you invest correctly. Mm-hmm. And then we have all the stuff at the bank. And that's about all there is, right? When in reality, there are shades of gray in between those two pendulum opposites all over the place. And for most, you know, if I said, hey, are you aggressive or are you conservative? Everybody go kind of right in the middle. But yet we invest aggressive and conservative, and we have nothing in the middle. 
So, you know, the objective of this, uh, not the initial consultation, we're just kind of getting to know you, but towards the end, we want to find out what fits for you mm-hmm. and then deliver to you ideas that are probably going to be very attractive to you. Because unless you stick to the plan, what's the point of the plan anyway? You're just going to do the wrong thing at the wrong time and hurt yourself worse. Yeah, and for my, me personally, folks, it's the greatest thing. The returns are great, uh, and I'm not making a promise of return. But what for me uh, was the best thing is that I now am not in control of making a big mistake that I can't recover from. I've put someone in control of that because I trust them, because they've earned my trust, and they are monitoring it. They understand my mindset. They're going to, I believe, deliver great results for us, but we understand it and have peace of mind. Set that up for yourself with a free consultation, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040, or do it online at aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program.